0: From MinTech, the Micro-Nanotechnology Education Center, this is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnoff. I teach technicians and engineers at Portland Community College. In each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll meet Michelle. Michelle is a lead thin film vacuum technician at MKS Instruments at the Richardson Gratings Lab in Rochester, New York. Michelle, welcome to Talking Technicians.
1: Hi, Peter. Good to be here.
0: Michelle, you live in Rochester, New York. What's Rochester known for? We're
1: known for Kodak, Bausch & Lomb, Corning. We're mostly optics center in our area. We have a lot of
0: smaller places, too. And Michelle, how long have you been in Rochester, uh, and what brought you there? Uh, 47 years,
1: my whole life. I was born here
0: born and raised. So so that's why uh, you know that industry footprint so well. So you work at MKS Instruments at the Richardson Gratings Lab. What is the Richardson Gratings Lab and then how does that relate to MKS Instruments?
1: So the Gratings Lab, we are a special niche in the optics world. We produce diffraction gratings. We're known for our shells. Right now, we're the only ones with the technology to produce them. We're the sole provider for specific customers that make you make the chips. So our gradings go into the lasers that help cut and produce your some the chips
0: for what are like cell phones, TVs. So your company makes these gratings, and then those gratings go into lasers. And it's those lasers that then go on to make the microchips. Am I understanding that right? Correct. Michelle, you're a lead thin film vacuum technician. Um, That's a whole lot of words. What is a thin film vacuum technician? What what do those technicians do?
1: So I produce a thin film in a vacuum chamber. So I can, I take aluminum, I pump it down into vacuum. We heat it up to what we call equilibrium, which is your vapor. And I produce it then film onto the gratings that actually will, what's the best way to word it? Change the optical properties of the substrate. So that's essentially the simplified form
0: of what I do. And when you deposit these materials on these grating substrates, about how thick are they? Is it something uh, like thick as paint that you can see, or do you have to control the layer thickness really precisely?
1: um, Metals are opaque, so yes, you see it. Um, Dielectrics necessarily aren't opaque, so it depends on your thickness of what you put down. So thickness is dependent. On the optical property. So it could be anything from 250 angstroms to a micron or thicker. It depends on the process and, and the product that it's being used for.
0: So I have an idea kind of of what a thin film vacuum technician does. But Michelle, what is it like for you day to day at work? Can you describe a typical day?
1: Uh, a typical day would be assessing any chamber issues troubleshooting them and fixing them scheduling workflows scheduling preventative maintenance keeping the chambers and the actual thin films themselves in calibration we have to qualify each film when it comes out of the chamber through testing thickness and reflectance um i also work help engineering on their projects that have to do with coding and help consult with that and run their test runs and, you know, scheduling overtime and working on projects for new customers coming in and helping
0: develop new processes for them. It sounds like a busy day, Michelle. So do you work with other technicians or do you also work with engineers, researchers, and people in business?
1: All of the above.
0: You work with all of those different job types.
1: Yes. And I've been in the industry 23
0: years. So you've worked in the vacuum industry for 23 years. What did it feel like your first day at work? What did it feel like the first time going in? Do you remember?
1: I was in way over my head. um, A friend of my family's worked for Melis Greel, and they needed a glass cleaner. Went in and interviewed, and I had no idea what they meant by glass cleaner. I thought maybe like washing dishes or windows. And I ended up cleaning deep UV optics by drag wipe, drag wiping them, and kind of just working my way up because I got interested into the chambers and how they work and how to produce the
0: film. So how did you go from that very first job in the optics industry up to where you are now?
1: Um, I moved around. In order to move
0: forward, uh-huh, uh-huh, And so mm-hmm. each new company that you worked at, you got a little bit extra responsibility.
1: Correct. And I've been at the gradings lab now for nineteen years, so that being said, they've pretty much I've settled my career there and I'm moving forward there.
0: Michelle, can you provide a ballpark salary for a technician working in the vacuum or optics industry like you are? Um, It's dependent on your skill set.
1: So where I'm at, I make approximately 65 a year. Walking in the door without experience anywhere,
0: maybe 30 to 35. And Michelle, do you feel like there are opportunities for professional growth at your company? With the program, I'm taking yes, yes. And um, what about things like benefits, uh, retirement or health care, dental benefits? We have excellent,
1: ben- we have excellent benefit package, and we have a very decent 401k program
0: also. Great. So it's good to be supported by your employer in that way. Do you do shift work, or do you have a nine-to-five schedule five days a week?
1: I'm a shift. Monday through Friday. That being said, being the lead tech, I'm on call 24-7 for troubleshooting and maintaining the chambers or any issues with the films.
0: And do you get paid extra if you do overtime or do extra hours each week?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we also have a rule if we get called in off hours, if we're there under four hours, we get paid four hours. So if I go in for 20 minutes, I'll still get paid four hours overtime for it.
0: So it sounds like your company compensates you a bunch for this work.
1: Yeah, they're really good about that.
0: So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about how you got to where you are now. Uh, What was your education before you started working in the industry? What was that kind of background like?
1: Um, I dropped out of school a long time ago and I just received a GED. I walked in with nothing and kind of worked my way up.
0: What uh, sort of skills um, do you think that folks are going to need if they're the ones uh, that are going to go into that optics industry?
1: Mechanically kind definitely. Um, you want to pay, pay attention to detail mm-hmm. um, and patience, a lot of patience.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> why do you say that? Why is a lot of patience necessary?
1: Um, it could be overwhelming at once, and it's a lot to take in and there's a lot of detail and each process is specific to the product and there's exception to the rules. You're also not only are you producing the films, you want to look at the substrates and the cosmetics uh-huh. and you'd be very detailed with the process and be able to follow your path back in case things go wrong. You need to be very diligent in your setup. One simple little thing can change every parameter in it. A lot of things like that.
0: Michelle, what would you say is the hardest part of your job?
1: Troubleshooting. It's like finding a needle in a haystack with
0: vacuum. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You could spend four to five days trying to narrow down a a, a leak, trying to find a pinpoint where that may be.
0: What kind of uh, vacuum levels are we talking about here?
1: Negative seven scale. No, we're on. We're on. We're in low vacuum. We're in very
0: low vacuum. And about how big are the chambers that you have to pump down and pull out all of the gases out? Two of the chambers I
1: run are very unique. They're the only ones that exist in the world. They were well vacuum welding chambers that were turned into vacuum chambers many, many moons ago when the Gratings Lab just started up. And now they were used for R&D, but now they're in production. The one's a 42-inch bell jar, and the other one's a 36-inch bell jar. Mm -hmm. Then -hmm. that's all I could give you on those. But we do have a balsers, and that's a 36-inch box chamber. We also have to other chambers that are 54-inch box chambers. We have a replica of our 36-bell jar, and we have a small sputtering chamber that has three targets on it.
0: Michelle, we were talking about the vacuum chambers. How long does it take to uh, pump those down and pull all the gas out of them?
1: Well, that being said, that varies on your process, the volume of the chamber. And if you heat or don't use heat. We have very fast pump downs and we measure it depending on where we are on the vacuum scale. So for us, we range anywhere, excuse me, from 15 to 30 minutes. That being said, other companies I've worked for that have different processes could take a couple of hours.
0: So you've got to wait some time once you start uh, pumping the chamber down. So, Michelle, um, can you talk a little bit about um, how your life changed when you became a technician? What was different after you started working um, in the optics and vacuum industry?
1: I had a career. I had benefits. I went from managing Burger King and Taco Bell, working split shifts, uneven shifts, and being a single parent to now having an A shift a consistent schedule, benefits, time off, sick time, weekends off, and I had a career path to start working towards.
0: So, Michelle, it sounds like working as a technician really transformed your life.
1: Yes. For me personally, yes.
0: So, Michelle, what advice would you give to current students or people who want to transition their careers and work in your industry? What would you tell them?
1: I think it's a good move. It's interesting what we do. Every company I've worked for, depending on what's going on in the world or new technology coming out, my hands have a, were a part of it and making the optics. Uh, a few years ago, Normandale started their thin film vacuum technology certifications and the vacuum maintenance technology certification and advertised it. If they are able to do that, I think it's phenomenal. Where I am in Rochester, New York, we don't have a program like this anywhere. They offered it. Everything was online. And my mentor pushed me to do it. I didn't think I could with, you know, just a minimal education and I'm excelling in it. And that put me into the next level on my career. And I'm on a career path to keep moving forward with my second certification. And they give you all the tools you need. And it was able, so like, an I was an operator for many, many years where I just pressed a button, where I was able to take this as soon as I started and start applying it and fill in all the holes in the chemistry, the physics with it. And it put me into a completely different level and understanding and really made things interesting now. So if, Someone was interested in doing it. You could do it without the education, but you could also do it and gain the education as you go. And it changed a lot for me in order in, in doing it.
0: So, Michelle, enrolling at Normandale Community College in their vacuum tech program, that helped you advance in your career, even though you already were working at that company. Now you have additional things that you can do, and now your career's move moved forward.
1: Yes. And I got a significant raise with it.
0: That's great to hear.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it was awesome to plug in the holes too of, okay, I know I got to press this button and if it goes wrong, you got to go here. But now I know why I'm pressing it, why it's going wrong, how to apply all the chemistry and the physics I've learned behind it. It's It's cool.
0: And even living in Rochester, New York, you were able to take that program uh, because the courses were online, is that right?
1: Correct. The only thing I'll have to do for the vacuum maintenance technology certification, I will have to take my ACDC circuits and the fluid mechanics at MCC because you need to be present there for the labs and transfer those credits over. All my other courses I've taken, I have taken online through Normandale. Right. So
0: you took some, you're going to have to take some classes at your local community college, the ones that have in person hands on labs, but those specialized vacuum courses that aren't offered at every community college, that's something that you can take online through Normandale. That's great. That's a, a great program.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool. And the professors I've had were phenomenal with understanding my education level was much lower than my skill set level. And they did everything they could to help me like excel in it. And I got really good grades and I was very confident at the
0: end of the courses. So Michelle, do you have a final call to action for students or people who want to transition their career and become a technician like you? Do it.
1: You have nothing to lose, and, and
0: it's, it's a great career, and it's really interesting. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your story with me on Talking Technicians. Thank you. Please keep in touch. I will. Thank you. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech the micro Technology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you.